When we hear the terms masculine and feminine, many minds go straight to male or female. But when we are talking in the context of energy, this is actually relating to the frequencies of certain attributes and how we possess the ability to tap into these energies within us, as each of us is made up of a combination of both. The way we utilize these within this self growth work is being aware of the polarities within each. And which one is going to yield the more conscious results for everyone involved while weighing the variables of each situation? In this episode, we present a look at the divine masculine and feminine for a grounded and useful application to our self development work. As always, if you gain something from this episode, feel free to reciprocate with an energetic exchange of a share. The growth of this podcast directly affects how much more content we put out, as it is a way that we gauge ongoing interest. So if you want more, keep sharing our shows. It's kind of like that saying, if you share it, the eps will come. At least that's how I remember it. But anyway, go ahead and relax and get excited about this fun and interesting conversation that I've been waiting a couple years to have with Alexander. And then let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Pumped up and excited to be here. Alexander, how are you today? Man, it's so lovely out. We got a nice overcast sky with moisture in the air, so the vibrations are thick. All right, looking forward to today's conversation, something I've wanted to talk about for years now. And right place, right time, right situation, right person. Yes. So we're here with Alexander. We're going to talk about the divine masculine and the divine feminine energies. The importance of both and why that we can experience in our communities and our certain groups, different views of these. And there's a lot of movement toward the divine feminine and there's more and more movement beginning with the divine masculine. I see more men having retreats for the divine masculine and of course for the divine feminine. And so we want to bring a balanced view of the high side of these energies and then uh, look at the low sides as well and see how we can bring both of those energies individually into balance and how that can strengthen a couple, um, even 10 times. So I have always been curious, why are they referred to as divine masculine and divine feminine? Why is the term divine in that? Well, I think most people are trying to get across the higher vibrations or the high side of the energy. And speaking from polarity, that being one of the pillars, polarity versus duality in this philosophy, is that everything has to have a so-called positive and negative element for life to exist, but that negative doesn't have to mean something negative. 
and the positive doesn't mean something positive. They're both needed. And so when we're looking at characteristics of a human, I think that most people will use that term divine masculine and divine feminine just to equate to the highest possible potential of those energies. And of course, there's a low side as well. And we're going to touch a little bit on all four of those sides. So does the higher side equate to healthier? Well, from most people's perspectives, I think they would associate the higher vibrations with healthier. But at the same time, we need to realize that there's also a fine line between the switch of that divine energy to go into either a perversion, which can be an extreme, or the just low side. And so that perversion kind of flips the polarity and, and takes you to that low side. And so some people overcome certain weaknesses through their lives and that can become like a crutch and then it can actually become a perversion and it can actually push people around them away. So looking at the divine energy as movement rather than a separateness from divine masculine, divine feminine, and lower masculine and feminine energies. We want to look at it as more of like a blend and a constant movement rather than just a stagnant separation. So just to put this in another perspective, as we're doing this work with Just Philosophy or any self-growth work, we are moving towards the divine energies and leaving the lower ends kind of behind. Yes, yes. That's a very simple way to put it and why... Working toward our authentic self is that highest vibration that we can carry in our individualism. And when we're able to share that highest self with those around us, this is what creates a more conscious type of communities. So why is it important for a person to possess both the divine masculine and the divine feminine energies within themselves? Well, they're they're already there, first of all, but they're they're in different degrees. And many times a person's environment where they're growing up the majority of their life, especially up to seven years old, this is where genders can get set roles. So say the father is very masculine and the mother is very feminine in their energies and the way that they approach things. That's what creates typical roles in societies. And that is limiting, especially from the gender view. So when we're talking about masculine and feminine on this platform, we're always talking about the energies. And so in order to be optimally your authentic self, to see the need to be both structured and disciplined in certain areas of your life and make sure that you have protection and make sure that you have the things that you need, such as a roof over your head and food, like those are all more of the divine masculine type energies. And then we also need to be able to nurture, be able to be compassionate, be able to be loving and to be able to appreciate art and aesthetics and things of this physical world. And that's more of like the divine feminine energies. And so when you see an optimal view of a human It's the ability to switch between all of those assets that are available. But many times those assets aren't attainable to most people because they're operating down in the lower vibrations of the male gender or the female gender or these roles that have been set 
previously from their parents. And this is what keeps people from feeling comfortable in their authentic self as many times these roles that have been exemplified in each person's view of the masculine and feminine associating it many times with gender when it really just needs to be associated mainly with energy. It reminds me of something that we've said in the past where it's the adaptation of somebody as to whether they're going to make it through a, a, a traumatic event or even through life. And we've brought up often being the tree and being mm-hmm. able to sway within the storm and then also appreciate the sunlight when it's out. It's very similar to what we're saying. Yeah, I mean, the, the saying that you're speaking of is it's not the smartest that's going to survive and it's not the strongest that's going to survive. It's the one that can adapt. And this ideal adaptability is what we're discussing to see that maybe in any situation with yourself or in communicating with someone else, you may be coming across too aggressive. And that may be the perverted side of the masculine. And you can realize that by inviting your feminine energy in and seeing that maybe if I back off of the intensity here, show some more compassion, it might help this person to open up to what I'm trying to say. So this is working towards being an optimal communicator. And through my study of these subjects for over 25 years, I find that the better that you can communicate in this world, the less friction you're going to have to deal with. So many, many years ago, I decided that I wanted to communicate the way that someone can receive it more importantly than the way that I want to communicate it. So if that's the case and I want to be received rather than talking at people, I want to talk with people, then I keep that divine masculine and divine feminine views equally as important. And I'm going to adapt that as I'm going through this conversation as to the type of responses that I'm getting whether that is with the responses back verbally or energetically or emotionally, because again, my most important goal is to communicate with this other person. And the better that we can learn to communicate with other people externally, the better that we're learning to communicate with ourselves internally. Yeah. So I feel like that is a sought after skill, being able to look at a situation and realize what's necessary in the response. So choosing whether you need to respond to an event with the masculine or with the feminine, even in a traumatic event, you may need to take charge and just kind of command the situation to move the energies where they need to go. Or maybe somebody needs to be nurtured and let them know that they're okay in that situation. So kind of the same event, trauma, but different responses. Yes, yes. And the important thing to get across here is that those aren't being judged as one is better or worse than the other, that they're seen very similar to a car battery terminals, that they're both necessary to start the car. And it's very similar in this, that Those masculine and feminine energies are in all of us in how we approach things. And we can shift that and get away from our training and more towards our authentic self. Of course, studying your astrology, which our two systems are the human design system and the destiny card system, can help you to understand the balance of those masculine and feminine energies and how to get in more alignment with your individual self in that. And so... Conversing and communicating with people is just a wonderful opportunity to practice this. But the two keys is is that you don't carry a preference of how you're going to communicate. And then you respect both of them simultaneously. 
and then you adjust throughout the conversation. And that's how I see you getting the optimal results from communicating. You know, one thing that always comes into my head, Alexander, when I hear the divine masculine and the divine feminine in relation to energies are the stories that you would tell about helping to raise the boys even after their mother passed on and having to possess both of those energies inside of you and then applying this to parenting and calling up the energy that was necessary in each instance. I always go back to that because to me, in my mind, is the kind of definition of what I think about with having both of these energies inside of us. Yeah, I mean, that was an opportunity. You know, I knew that I wanted to be of service to people, but I didn't know how I was going to do that. And when Sherry passed and the boys were just 15 years old, I realized through meditation and through stillness that they were going to have a very unbalanced perception of things because their father was still alive. And of course, I was a male. They had a grandfather that's still alive and didn't really have any female influence to very much extent. So when I realized that, I decided to practice this work at possibly the deepest level that I ever have because I knew that they were going to be very affected by however I continued to work with them. And so I decided to come from mainly divine feminine perspective over the next four years from 15 years old to 19. And that meant that this is where I developed the pause before responding. I've mentioned that as a practice many times on different episodes that in order to learn to respond rather than react, just start training yourself to take a breath before any movement, before any action. And in that breath, what that can do is it can give you that opportunity to view the masculine and feminine in any situation. And so for those four years, I basically utilized the situation that life had presented and decided to activate the divine feminine in my energy. And normally that meant that I didn't hardly ever respond with my first thought or my first verbiage or my first action that I accepted that was going to be my training. And it was dominantly masculine energy at that time. And so it became that I would pay attention to my second option and to accept that my first option was going to put me in a certain role. And so in, by accepting that second option and giving myself time between every interaction, I could come from the way that I felt like the optimal mother would in any situation, whether that was a school issue, a social issue, a private issue, or whatever it was. And I wanted to use this time to really bring that divine masculine and feminine energy into balance and was utilizing a tragedy in life to do that. And it seems to worked out to some success because now that's what I do for my living for the last 15 years. And uh, the boys have wound up being very balanced in their masculine and feminine energies. And it was a challenge. And that's the thing that we want to mention in this is that being able to discern between what is the most useful, a big part of that is not going with your initial reaction because that's what you've been practicing for the majority of your life. So it is having that second or just few seconds 
to choose another option, creating certain types of structures and discipline, utilizing the masculine energy, such as the breath. See, that's a divine masculine energy of how to retrain yourself something. But at the same time, we need just as much nurturing that when we fail at it and we do go into reaction, that we nurture ourselves and take time to learn fully from it so that we don't beat ourselves down. And normally what happens is the person gets discouraged and then they stop practicing and they're right back to their old patterns. So this is one of the most beefy parts of self-development work. So would you say that it's important for children to experience both the masculine and feminine on a divine level so that they become more balanced themselves? Yes, because I've proven in my time of both growing up as a child and raising children that what I've seen that gives children the most comfort is consistency. And in consistency, boundaries and discipline are a big part of that consistency. And kids will resist it. They will even talk about that they despise it. But it's what makes them feel comfortable. And again, this is seen later on in life. Normally, the people that had proper structure and discipline, there wasn't a lot of yelling. There wasn't a lot of talking back going on. And that is really appreciated later on in life, especially when they have children. And so it's very challenging for humans to stay disciplined and consistent, but to see that that's what actually brings the safety that kids yearn for. And the most challenging and traumatic situations many times for children growing up is abusive or neglect to where things aren't consistent and they don't know how the say the father or the mother is going to be when they get home from school that day because maybe they're an alcoholic or they're a drug addict or they've just got some mental issues they're not dealing with properly. So that is what can create a very traumatic childhood is that lack of structure, and it can create major trust issues for people. So, yes, I think it's very important that we see that structure, discipline, nurturing, and compassion, those are like four teammates that you really want on your team at all times. And when those four work with you, within and without you, in balance, you're going to have a very good reception and response to your actions and your verbiage. And it isn't about pleasing others. The whole thing here is about this whole philosophy is being able to maintain your vibration and not having to get intense to feel like you've got to get to a certain level of intensity to get somebody to hear you, to realize that, no, they may need to learn a different way of communicating, and that's going to take time to do, but the consistency is what's going to bring that. So bringing all that together, hopefully the listeners can see the importance of all five of those variables and how important they are to work together. And that's equal amounts of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. So when you said that the consistency and structure are what brings kids safety, is that because they know what to expect? Yes. And they stop being as interested to tear it down because it's something that they can trust. And so this also gets into just a little bit of individuality. And again, this is why understanding your cosmic makeup or the child's cosmic makeup is very important because, see, some kids are going to just rebel against structure more than others. 
So the key to structure is many people look at it as not a divine masculine. They look at it as a lower vibration. But the thing about structure is you can set it, you can reset it, you can change it. Just the main thing is being able to communicate it. So structure isn't as limited as most people have in the perception. You can create any kind of structure that you want. And if you adapt this structure to what works with the child's cosmic makeup, you will be successful. And that's exactly what I did working with the boys, and they're both projectors. They're twins, and they're two five projectors, and they're nine of hearts and seven of clubs. And so all of those aspects were taken into account when I was raising them and how I approached them because I wanted the communication to be the most important thing. Therefore, I needed to learn how to deliver it to them rather than expecting them to meet me wherever I am. And this is where many parents fail over and over is they expect the child to meet them where they're at rather than this parent or the step-parent meeting the child where they're at and then with consistency and structure and discipline slowly creating a new pattern. And so, again, here we bring in the gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. So you did uh, mention a couple attributes for both the Divine Masculine and Divine Feminine, but let's go into the Divine Masculine now. You mentioned structure and discipline being part of those divine uh, attributes, but maybe you could bring in, I don't know if there's any more that you want to talk about. Well, I want to touch on those and show maybe some of the lower energies. That structure and discipline can turn into control and manipulation. So see, there's a very fine line to where something is working optimally and then it crosses that line. So this is the challenge with these aspects being seen in a divine light because many times they are seen in that extreme light. Therefore, they're discarded completely. Same thing with the divine feminine being the nurturing and the compassion and the love energy. That, when it reaches its level of perversion, it turns into enabling. It turns into uh, micromanaging, overshadowing, sheltering the children. So those are just the a couple of examples of if you have a resistance to a certain aspect of the masculine or feminine energy, then go into that a little bit more and polish it a little bit and see what the higher vibration of that is. Because again, it's very necessary and it's very useful, but we are challenged all the time with our perceptions limiting our view and which when our view is limited, we are seeing things through goggles and not seeing them as conscious as we could. And to have all this flexibility that I'm talking about, that again, the the masculine doesn't have to be negative and the feminine positive, you know, no matter what your gender is or your perceptions, I'm rooting for that both are seen equally. And anytime an aspect of it is seen in a lower vibration that you use this mind that we have to shift your perception, to polish it and bring it up to a higher vibration and then activate and exemplify that higher vibration. And there's a lot of talk today about the, the patriarchy and how we need to overcome the patriarchy or how that's been in power for so long and possibly responsible for a lot of our world problems. And we can kind of see that like if we look at how countries respond to crisis situations or even like wars everything is just kind of force 
and power. Like we're going to impose our will onto you. So I guess that would be more of a negative vibe of the masculine energy. But what would be like the higher end vibe of that? When there's truly an intention to help, but there is resistance that is present. We need that perseverance, that willpower to push through limitations. But when that willpower turns into control, that is where that has flipped over into a perversion. So see, the structure and the discipline is still very useful and necessary, but anytime you go evoking your structure and your discipline on others, you're going to come into some resistance. So how that resistance is handled or communicated could be much more effective to utilize the divine feminine and to come across as, hey, we're truly not trying to force anything on you. Please give us a chance to show you the benefits of this. And that's that nurturing and compassionate and realizing that people need time for adjustments. And our society is just so used to this quick fix, this quick reactionary type of life with the the computers and the tablets and the phones and that kind of thing. So structure and discipline and patience, all that gets a kind of a bad rap. And that's the areas that we need to polish to see the true benefits of it over long periods of time. So that would be more about bringing in the, the feminine. But I did like that you did mention the willpower because that's kind of something that, that I've struggled with in the past. And the other side of that is the trust. So that's another kind of polarity that we juggle within our ourselves to determine how we are going to respond to a situation yeah. in, in our lives. Directly you know, connected to that third chakra just below the rib cage. And what that is about is that balance between trust and willpower. And the more that we have that in balance, the more content a person is going to be that when a situation occurs to where, no, I need to persevere and move through something that I'm scared of or fear or something that's holding me back, that's when willpower is very useful. But when that willpower goes into forcing your views on other people, then that may be too far. And it has been a patriarchal type of way for almost 20 some thousand years but the shift some believe happened around 2012 or so but it needs to be understood that this a gradual shift and we can see the crumbling happening in the the patriarchal type of energies but it's going to take a little bit more time than most people i feel like are looking for we want that time because we need the gradual shift so there's not more collapse See, we want to have the idea of rebuilding, not just tearing down. And when you can build as things are being torn down, then you can keep another consistent. But if people want it too fast or too forcefully, then change happens too drastically. And normally that brings many complications. And normally when you're in resistance to something, often those people are at the extreme opposite of another. And so some are wanting to get away from the, the negative side of the masculine energy and they don't see the divine side of the masculine energy and they just kind of skip over and it's almost like they may be falling or wanting to replace that with the negative side of the feminine. So if you were in charge of the world, Alexander, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how would you bring in the feminine to balance out that negative masculine and try to kind of bring the world into a balance? Well, that's a macro view 
question, and I'm going to take that macro view, and I'm going to take it down to a micro view. And it all begins in the self. And so before we can think about changing society and uh, big groups of people, we will pull it into that individual self. And so we can bring up any situation in life, and if we take time to dissect and look at it from a neutral standpoint, without the preference of how to approach it, I feel like we would have a pretty good success rate of optimally seeing how to conceptually approach each situation. But see, life brings surprises, and this is why the structure and the discipline is so important. Anybody that is a master at whatever they do, whether that's an athlete, an artist, a doctor, or whatever, it comes from one thing that is consistent is the practice and the doing of it. You know, Michael Jordan happened to say in an interview one time that people thought that he was too intense in practice. And he's even had uh, teammates complain about that years and years later. But he said, I wanted to practice harder than I played so that playing could be fun, so that I didn't have to think about what I was going to do next because I've done it over and over and over in practice. And so it just becomes part of me. So that's what some professionals lose is they don't practice hard enough. So when they play, it's stressful. But the playing shouldn't be stressful. And that's the way that I look at life is that if you practice these things consistently on a daily basis, it accumulates. And then when life punches you in the mouth, you're still able to take that breath before wiping your lip and coming with the next conscious way to approach this situation rather than just starting to swing right away and you don't even know why this happened or you don't have any of the answers. You're just in reaction. I know it sounds simple and maybe ridiculous to some people, but if you practice that breath before any interaction, before any movement, then when life surprises you, you will still take that breath. And in that breath is the difference between a response and a reaction. So you mentioned uh, being neutral and so I was wondering if somebody finds themselves constantly responding to a situation subconsciously in the masculine energy, if they wanted to improve on that, would they then try responding to life from a feminine and, and kind of like correcting that? Or would they try to take a breath and be neutral and then kind of decide which way to respond? Yeah, let's say that somebody has insecurity issues. And so every time somebody corrects them, they have an emotional response because their father was possibly too aggressive in his correcting growing up. And so this goes on with people like through their whole life. And so if somebody wanted to change that response, and again, it doesn't matter whether they are a male or a female, and they're tired of being a so-called victim to this energy anytime somebody corrects them, that they just clam up and shut down, and they don't even get better at it because they can't hear what the person even suggests. If they wanted to change that, then... When somebody comes at them and they start to feel that uh, detachment, that's where they would take that breath and say, I want to break this pattern. I want to accept that I can be corrected, and that doesn't mean that I'm wrong. The correcting normally makes that person feel belittled or feel tore down or feel not good enough, and that was established early in the way that the parent responded to them. So in order to change that, we have to accept 
that exactly where we are. And that's the recognizing. We have three R's here. And in the recognizing is the first stage of acceptance of, okay, this just happened and it made me feel like I did when my father used to do this. And the respect part, the second R, is learning not to judge that part of you and to simply say, okay, I understand where this comes from. I'm going to quit beating myself up for this because this is just a vibration that's been created. And one of the five pillars is everything is vibration. Therefore, it means that everything can be shifted. So by structure and discipline and consistency is how you uh, show the redirection. Respect is all about not judging you or the situation or the other person. And so now you've accepted that you've got this pattern in you. You learned to respect it and not to judge it. And now we're going to redirect it by next time that happens or in this situation right now, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not going to view myself as less than. I'm going to go study something that's going to give me more information toward that. I'm going to go practice that, whatever it is right now, so that I can get better at it. And instead of just sitting in the self-defeating energy, we are now redirecting that energy into something through the act of physics <laughs> over time prove to give improvement. And so that's the, the three R's of this work is being able to recognize something show it respect and take the judgment away and then find a creative way to redirect that energy to be useful to better you in whatever direction that is. So I did want to touch upon attributes, both the high and the low of each one. And I think we did a good job of that, but I wanted to give you an opportunity in case there was anything else you wanted to to throw in there on those. Well, I don't feel that the majority of people really take the time to consider any thought, any concept, any action can be put in one or the other of those categories, so to say. And we don't have to be so stern and strict about it, but anything that is overcoming something is more of a masculine trait, and anything that is absorbing or nurturing something is a feminine trait. So how you decide to improve your life, whether that's on the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, or the spiritual level, many times that divine masculine is going to be necessary in the structure and the discipline. The structure helps the discipline, and then the consistency helps both the structure and the discipline. So see, all three of those categories are very male, but they don't have to be negative in any way because, again, you set your own structure. That's the key to it. All structure isn't bad. And so that nurturing side, we want to be compassionate and we want to be loving and we want to be kind. But at the same time, we have to set boundaries so that we're not taking advantage of that. Boundaries is actually like a, a feminine way of getting your way where the masculine energy is more forceful. So see, boundaries don't have to be forceful by any means, but many times when that word comes up, I feel like people look at it so harshly. But boundaries is just something like if you tell somebody what time you like to go to sleep at night. And I used to have this friend that 
I would stay at his house. He went to bed every night at nine o'clock. And if you were there at nine, he didn't remind you that he was going to bed. He would literally get up and say, I'm going to bed. You know, it's my bedtime. When you're done here, turn off the lights and turn off uh, everything and lock the door behind you. See, he didn't tell me I had to leave, but he wasn't going to bend on his disciplines just because I didn't have anything else to do or I lingered too long. And see, I learned to respect that because it was a very soft boundary. It wasn't something he needed to shove in my face by any means. And then that taught me to pay attention and start leaving around 830 to give him time. That's how I show respect back. So boundaries don't have to be anything harsh. The key is, again, the communication. And when you don't carry a preference of whether you use that masculine energy to communicate in a little bit more of an intense way or a serious way, or you use a more compassionate approach, a more nurturing approach in the feminine way, both are useful and both are going to be successful depending on the situation and the person. So the one that can adapt between those two at any point is going to carry the most contentment the most even happiness because they're going to be able to relate with those around them and themselves optimally. Now, we've talked about roles a lot over the past 100 episodes. Does knowing and realizing the different energies within yourself or just being aware of the different energies, does that help in choosing the roles we want to play with other people? Well, yes. And again, this helps to have an understanding of your cosmic makeup And because what that does is it helps you to know whether an aspect that you're working with is from your family lineage and stuff that you've picked up and that you need to redirect or is something that's in your divine makeup and it's something that you just need to learn to manage. And again, there's another word that people are very sensitive of when they hear manage. They think masculine and normally resistance comes up right away. Yeah, like corporate America. Yes, yes. And and we want to soften that view that management is an optimal action because it's not fixing, it's not correcting, it's not putting the right and wrong into it. It's just redirecting the energy. So to be able to manage your emotions is going to be equate to how you can manage children. And so the management is one of the most, again, loving and neutral. I I give it a more of a feminine vibe because when I see someone be able to manage multiple people or even themselves optimally, they're taking into account a lot of variables to where when you're being directed like the U.S. military or some type of very stringent masculine way, there is nothing that's up for discussion. You were just told what to do. And so, see, I want to soften the idea of that word management and learn to make love with that word because it can be so useful. And I bring that in from the saying of learn to make love with the friction in life. And that basically breaks down to whatever you resist has something to give you when you can stop that resistance. And that's what the three R's again of recognize, show respect and redirect is all about. Yeah, you've definitely helped me to see management in a different way. And I now see it as if we are talking about it in a business like sense as somebody who's able to see the strengths and weaknesses of each person, but not only going beyond placing people in where where their strengths are, but also where they're going to be the happiest and most productive because they're being 
like charged by the energy of doing that position or whatever it is. Yes, yes. And that is the beauty of our individuality that there's somebody that's basically cut to fit almost any mold out there. And our society hasn't supported that individuality. It's been more about a training to get people to be a certain way to accomplish certain things. And that's the beauty of the younger generations is they're really breaking out of that whole cookie cutter mold and right now is creating a lot of friction and a lot of judgments but at least they're not just following the patterns that obviously don't work yeah getting to my next question you mentioned judgment what is the importance of being in non-judgment of each of the energies well here's the thing about judgment it's connected to the pillar of polarity versus duality And when you view life through the polarity view, which is that you accept for whatever you can have any concept of, the opposite has to exist. That's the polarity view. The duality view is that, well, I just want this and I've got to beat these people over here because they have the opposite or they support the opposite. So I'm right and they're wrong. That's duality. And duality is what keeps everybody sick and broken down and injured. But polarity is more of an acceptance. So I accept that the more that I am adamant about any subject on this planet, there has to be somebody just as adamant on the exact opposite side. So see, I saw this as just this vicious cycle that humanity wasn't designed to get out of. But through consciousness and through changing, doing what the masses do, you can step out of that duality role and step into polarity and acceptance. So with something such as love, if love exists, then hate has to exist somewhere as well. So see, the free will that we were given is that we can put our attention or our focus in any direction that we want. But the difference is from a Pollyanna view is that I'm going to completely accept and respect that polarity of what I'm a fan of, but I'm going to use discipline and structure and consistency to keep my focus over here on love while shining the flashlight very consistently on hate over there, being very aware that it's very close by, and that if it ever comes into my field, I want to be able to discern and still come from approach of love. But maybe not love to the extent that people may view when they hear that word, that the first step of love is just accepting, accepting the situation, the person, whatever it is. That's the very first step of love is true acceptance. So see, when you're able to accept someone and even their view, when it's exactly opposite of yours, That is the first step of possibly being able to shift that person's view. But see, you don't carry that as an intention. Your first intention is just to receive this person because they have the right due to the laws of this plane of polarity that the opposites have to exist. So see, if opposites can get together and have non-emotional conversation and talk about expansion and how we can make use of this, find a way to make things such as hate useful. In some way, there is a way. And 
instead of one trying to conquer the other one. That's the dualism. But see, acceptance is so important for the non-emotional conversation to even start. But when you accept something, it does not mean that you condone it or you approve of it. And that's very important. And acceptance is just such a, a deep, deep subject. And it's definitely connected. It's the bridge between that masculine and feminine energy is that acceptance that both are equally as important. So if I love love, I don't want to hate hate because without hate, then love wouldn't be why I love it. Right? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't even know what love was. If there was just black, we wouldn't know that black was black. But as soon as you bring white in, there's a big contrast. And that's the beauty of the yin and yang symbol is that it shows this, that one part is, is masculine, one part's feminine, but they're all in equal parts. And the way that they fit together is just such a, a beautiful display of pretty much everything that this episode has been about, that they're equal, they're both beautiful, and they don't have to be in competition. That's the duality, or what I just said is the polarity view, but most people are used to the duality view of I've got my perception and I need to beat or overcome your perception because I'm right and you're wrong. And I've yet to see anyone change their mind in a conscious way when that is the case, when that forcing is what is happening. And so taking that question earlier that you said about the macro question and we just broke it down into that micro and the more people that just worked on that micro level it would suspend out and become a movement and this is why there are all these roles that we have there's unconscious roles and there's conscious roles and when you're going through this self-development stuff you just get better at being able to choose conscious roles and accept those that are playing unconscious roles because they have to exist so what's a good way somebody can start incorporating this uh, or utilizing just the knowledge and awareness of the divine masculine and the divine feminine energies within their self-growth uh, journey? Well, one of the uh, easiest ways to practice it right now is around frustration and anger. There's so many things going on in a world right now that continuously keeps people scared in fear and angry. And anytime those two emotions are around, there's control being produced, so to say, that if you keep people scared and angry, you can control them. And so there's always going to be these events, and the media is what you know feeds this and is what most of our culture feeds on. And so seeing that the very first step is that you have to be willing or want to change your reaction – to a response because as long as you're reactional you're going to get other people's reactions and in reaction nothing gets resolved one or the other may win whether that's the fight the battle the whatever but nothing gets resolved resolving typically happens through conscious communication and the lack of fear which builds trust the lack of anger, which builds faith. And these are spiritual categories that we're discussing now because we discuss on this podcast all five levels in the philosophy. And when you can be in that so-called spiritual vibration, and this isn't about religion, it's not about beliefs, it's about a vibration. 
that you're able to carry a non-threatening vibration in this altercation. And some people challenge and say, well, that's impossible to do. And again, this is where Gandhi is a great example, that he met that perverted masculine energy that wanted to enslave all of India, and he just simply said no. He drew a boundary. But see, he said, we're not going to fight. And he told his people, they're going to come, and they're going to hit you over the head with sticks, and we're not going to fight back. And he spent approximately 50 years of his life with this huge shift for tens of thousands of people. And that is what we have to do internal. No matter how much we want to swing back or we feel like life is frustrating and aggravating us, we don't swing back. That does not mean that we are too passive or that we're just rolling over because the work that I'm discussing is some of the hardest things that a human being can do is to manage your emotions and then to take that beyond just management but to create a better situation by not reacting and taking the time and the exercises of the system to work towards a new pattern of how you handle things and giving yourself time, years for that transition, but realizing every situation in life gives you an opportunity to practice it. So everybody has, you know, so many opportunities every single day. It's just basically anytime you don't get your way, how do you respond to life? Do you respond out of gratitude because it just taught you something? Or do you respond out of frustration because you didn't get your way? So that's a very simple way to put it to just start every day is every time you don't get your way, how quickly are you able to shift the energy back to just being in gratitude, being centered, and not through the negative emotions? Because that is the art. That is the art of self-development, is managing these emotions, not to run away from them, not to detach from them, but to experience them and then recognize them, respect them, and redirect them as quickly as possible. That's the master that's what we're looking for. And life gives us all plenty of opportunities to practice. Such a beautiful way of explaining stopping the ripple. Stopping the ripple. Yeah, as we've discussed, even getting into your macro view is working on the self. And thus, as we continue to manage our emotions, there's less of us taking our emotions out on people, creating the ripple and pushing it on to other people and those push it on to other people. And even the more that we can manage our emotions the more responsible we are for ourselves and our views and the less outside influences can control our actions and awarenesses. And another key here that I want to bring in here before we wrap up is the importance from a frequency standpoint, the importance of meeting people where they're at. And so see, if somebody is angry and upset, the Pollyanna view is you just go bring them positivity. And that can make people even go deeper into their negativity because you're too far off. So, see, that's why I want this concept to be loving. Doesn't mean that you're in love with somebody. It's just an agreement that I want to be loving in every action, interaction that I have. And see, that's up to my response. Nobody else has nothing to do with anybody else because the very first step of being loving is what I wanted to highlight is that acceptance. 
and to realize how often you resist or judge somebody or a situation as soon as you get into it, and then you'll talk about it, and you'll just generate this negative energy rather than generate the energy around the redirection, not the recognition. See, most people are talking about the very first step, the very first R. It's just that they recognize it, and they feel like they're doing the work by just realizing, oh, this come from my dad or this came from my last relationship or blah, blah, blah. But no, there's still two more steps. There's the respect step to where you get out of all judgment around it. And that could take a long period of time before the redirecting. And so, see, many times people want to just recognize and then redirect. And they miss the step of respect, which is the first step of love, which is acceptance. Yeah, and I guess that respect could come from utilizing the divine masculine, divine feminine energies, I feel like. Yes, yes. And, you know, the the five pillars that we have, which we have multiple episodes with them, is tools to help the conceptual mind work within the balance of that masculine and feminine. And it is amazing anytime I run across someone that carries this balance And it's just a peacefulness in teachers that I sought out. You know, I wanted to see strength, but softness. I wanted to see nurturing, but discipline. And so, see, we should nurture our discipline just as much as we nurture our nurturing and our compassion. Because the discipline is what makes us feel good about ourselves, which makes us judge other people less. So... I've loved this subject and the opportunity to share this view of so-called divine masculine and feminine, but really we're just talking about masculine and feminine energies and the ability to shift our perceptions if we have a negative view or reaction to any aspect of either the masculine or the feminine, and to realize that we may be just focusing on the perverted view and that if we tweak that just a little bit, we can see it in a much higher light and can be much use to us. Excellent, excellent. Thank you all for joining us. The wait for this episode has been great. It's been uh, awesome. Alexander, thank you so much. And stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Thank you, everyone.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment and sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.